All right, let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun on this Thursday morning. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. All right, lots for us to talk about. So were you following along with this whole Vancouver climate emergency parking thing too? Yeah, I was, uh, Simi. I, you know, uh, for one thing, uh, you and the other uh, hosts on CKNW, I think, picked up very early on that this was going to be a major, major controversy uh, because you're talking about raising taxes. And when you talk about raising taxes, people go, well, I want the program, but why are you making me pay for it? And I think um, the issue there that was very effectively flagged and that the mayor picked up on very quickly was a question of fairness. Uh, People uh, of low and middle incomes who don't have driveways and garages were going to be paying this tax and uh, people who have driveways and garages and financial means weren't going to be paying it and it didn't look like it was fair. I heard you say this morning, uh, well, the mayor's a politician. Yes, he is. Next year's election year. And you're going to have to be aware as any politician, if you're voting for something that is on the face of it, unfair, you're going to generate a backlash. So true. So yeah, there's lots to come on that for sure. Uh, let's also talk about Isabel McKenzie and her report that came out yesterday. Boy, Vaughn, there was some eye-opening stuff in there. There was some eye-opening stuff there, Simi, and, I, and I'm going to do a segue here. <laughs> and the segue is this. We have, for 20 months, been through a period where... The sky's the limit in borrowing and spending. Governments just promise anything, sun, the moon, and the stars. And we've avoided the question of how much is it going to cost and how are you going to pay for it. I think that's what we saw at Vancouver City Council yesterday, was the mayor going, wait a minute, you know, we want to fight climate change, but how are you going to pay for it is a political question that you have to face. So I look at the Isabel McKenzie report that came out yesterday. Now, now she's the senior ad, seniors advocate. It is her job to advocate for seniors. It is not her job to say, how much is this going to cost and how are you going to pay for it? But that report yesterday boiled down to its essence is a call for a lot more spending in long-term care. You need more sick days for the staff. You need relief staff to fill in for the staff when they're on sick leave. You need more registered nurses in long-term care because they're the ones who would have caught the problem of the pandemic, especially in the second wave. You need to get rid of multiple occupancy rooms. It's much safer if each senior has their own room and their own washroom. You're going to contain the disease better. And we go on through that. It It's all argued in the report. It all makes sense. And I wouldn't dispute the need for any of it. But how much is it going to cost? And how are you going to pay for it are the questions out there for the government. And that's a much tougher question to answer than promising the sun, the moon, and the stars. That is so true, because just the paid sick leave issue, right, is one that I think her report has brought back to the fore, and that's something we've been talking about all throughout the pandemic. Sure, and, you know, the provincial government right now has a public consultation going on on uh, increased sick leave. Uh, They've passed a law, Simi, that allows the government to basically bring it in by cabinet order. They don't have to bring in legislation. They already passed the legislation. And it's pretty clear the New Democrats are headed to creating for 
all workers sick leave um, as a as a way of eliminating one of the problems that that is identified in long-term care and one of the problems we've had during the pandemic, which is people go on working because they can't afford not to go on working, so they stay at work. Um, again, I get the argument, but let's not pretend that somebody isn't going to have to pay for it. Employers are going to have to pay for it, which means it has to be paid for through the products we buy from them, or government's going to have to subsidize it, and that's not going to be cheap either. Um, the interesting thing, uh, in my experience, Simi, the interesting thing to see when these promises come from politicians is if we could always get the analysis from the Ministry of Finance, which tends to have the best public servants in government, the most thorough, and they're famous for scrutinizing every line of spending pro proposals and telling you what it's going to cost. So, again, I, I, I don't dispute the need for better long-term care facilities and for sick leave, but we still haven't seen the answer to the question, how are you going to pay for it? And let's remember that it is not the only proposal in front of the government that is going to be expensive. Child care, uh, buying out all the old growth cutting permits in British Columbia, that's going to be expensive. And the list goes on and on. Yeah, we're talking to Terry Lake a little bit later on the show about this too, because even he is saying there needs to be a new funding model. But boy, yeah. that's a big question. Yeah, that was a very interesting, that was the first thing I heard Terry Lake say yesterday. And, you know, he's speaking on half, on behalf of the people who operate care homes in the province. And what he's really saying is, look, there are fully private facilities. I know uh, one uh, person in them. They are extremely expensive. They are like luxury resorts. And frankly, I'd love to check into one. when I, Maybe tomorrow if I could get in, right? Yes. So that's true. But if you look at all, and those are high end, and you know, those are like the people on the west side of Vancouver who have driveways and garages and don't worry about parking taxes, right? The the problem that Lake is flagging is for the nonprofit facilities, the mixed financing facilities, so privately owned but publicly funded, and fully publicly funded. Most of the long-term care in British Columbia is going to be provided by that. And when he says we need a new funding formula, what he's really saying is, look, either the government has to increase the subsidy to pay for all this, or the operators need to increase the fees to pay for all this. Or, hmm, if we move to completely nonprofit, publicly funded, no nasty private sector operators at all, don't kid yourself that that's not going to be expensive because you're going to get unionized public facilities with public requirements. And again, you're going to have to find the cash flow to pay for it because, Simi, there's a lot of people out there like me who are approaching the age where they're going to want to check into one of those facilities. And being a baby boomer, I expect Cadillac Standard <laughs> Fair. Let me just say I ain't going to oh, put yeah. up 
with sharing a room with three people and being coughed on by people with pandemics. <laughs> we'll still be calling you, by the way, no matter where you are, to do these segments every morning to get your thoughts on it. What gets me about this, Thavon, is it's not like we didn't know this is coming. Like how I've been in this business for 30 years and it feels like for 30 years we I've been doing stories and talking about the upcoming silver tsunami that is going to change everything. And yet here we are still scrambling. Yeah, no, it's true. Well, what's the characteristic of baby boomer society? We want more from the government and we don't ourselves want to pay for it. I mean, if you had to summarize it, that's kind of it. And I'm not surprised. I'm not blaming, you know, sort of millennials for going, you know, wait a minute, I'm already paying enough in taxes. And and frankly, um, I'd like to see more money put into education and making housing more affordable. And, you know, do I really want to warehouse um, well, All they of care these about... aged parents in luxury resorts. Um... <laughs> well, they care about childcare, right? <laughs> I mean, for millennials, I think childcare is a huge issue. It will make a, an unbelievable difference in their income and what they have available to them sure. if they can get childcare. Absolutely. And and who's working and paying the taxes and contributing to a productive society? It is increasingly not my generation. It's the generations coming afterwards. So, so I don't blame them for holding that view. Oh, boy, this is just going to be more and more interesting, isn't it? So uh, do you think at some point this NDP government, it's going to have to be a tough decision for them? Yeah, and it is. these are tough decisions, and this is where, you know, starting to set priorities and starting to say what they can afford and what they can't, and which taxes are going to raise to pay for them. All that is to come. Now, British Columbia has a huge advantage here thanks to the previous government and the current government, which is until the pandemic hit, they were balancing the budget and they were paying down the accumulated deficit from past operating deficits. So they're borrowing money for big capital projects, but not the other. British Columbia economy is in pretty good shape. British Columbia has uh, some competitive tax rates and we have a lower debt load than most other Canadian provinces. So when you look at all that, we do have room to move. They have room within reason to um, in- improve programs without really whacking us on taxes. But I do think we've seen already, Simi, that even the smallest tax increases will be scrutinized very, very carefully by a public that wants more programs but doesn't want to pay for them. So true on that one, Vaughn. Thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun.